My name's Bridget, and welcome to my podcast, Wake Up and Thrive. I wear a lot of hats, but the ones I'm most proud of are being a sober mom to my four kids, a wife to my best friend, a forever student of life, a registered nurse, and a certified life coach. You can usually find me planning and enjoying quality moments with those I love, or coaching women on how to do the same. All of our lives are made up of tiny moments, both beautiful and messy. I know we all want more feel-good moments, but I believe it's the ones that challenge us that become the catalyst for our growth. That's what we do in this space. We explore everyday moments that we deem hard, and instead of allowing them to keep us stuck, we lean into their lessons and let them wake us up. So if you're ready and willing, I'd love to invite you to come along. All you need is an open mind. It's time. It's time to wake up and thrive. Hi, and welcome back to Wake Up and Thrive. If you are listening to this when it gets published, you probably realize, oh wait, it's not Monday. It's actually Tuesday. Um, So yeah, for those of you that consistently like to listen to it on Monday morning, I want to apologize that um, I didn't get an episode out to you last week and that this week it's a day late. It has quite honestly been one of the busiest summers of my entire life. I did not expect all the things that come with four older kids and four different activities. You'd think by this time I would have the hang of it, but the summer kind of took me by surprise and um, I'm rolling with it. And if you remember from the first episode, I said, you know, I'm not going to put a lot of rules around this podcast. So when I started to feel kind of overwhelmed for me, and I mentioned this, if you haven't listened to my overwhelm episode, go back and listen to it. But it, it really, we can feel overwhelmed because we're putting pressure on ourselves in four different ways. And for me, it's, it's this timeline. It's this rush. It's this, I've got to do it. I've got to do it now. And so I had to really pause and remind myself that, um, nope, this is my space that I'm creating. And I love it. I love coming to you guys every week with um, a new topic to just kind of get you guys to see things differently, have a new perspective, live more awake. Um, it really has been a lot, a lot of fun. And I know I've mentioned I have some fun interviews coming up, so stay tuned for that. Um, but I'm really excited to dive into today's episode. Um, I just wanted to first get out in the open that I'm sorry this wasn't consistent and I didn't get this out on time, um, but it's going to be a good episode, I promise. So today we're going to talk about what to do when a loved one is struggling. And what I really want you guys to know is this information is not coming from something I've read in a book or research I've done. It's really coming from my lived experience as both the person who has struggled and I'm kind of putting some things together that I wish my loved ones knew. And then also as a coach, as someone that has walked beside women who are struggling because their loved one is struggling. And how do you navigate that? How do you still show up for yourself and show up for that person um, in a way where both needs are getting met. So we're going to kind of dive into that. um, And yeah, let's get started. So these four steps that I'm going to talk about are really in regards to your experience when the person's struggling. Um, And this is how this episode is going to go. I'm going to break it into four different things I want to empower you guys to do if you have a loved one that's struggling. Um, And then I'm going to leave each each, it's not even a step. It's just four different things that you can incorporate. You can either do one or all four of them. But after each one, I'm going to give you an empowering thought 
that can be really, really helpful for you to really like embody and integrate each step, if that makes sense. So the first thing to do if your loved one is struggling, it's it's actually more of a, a not to do. We do not want to make the person that's struggling responsible for our experience. And what I mean by that is obviously when someone's struggling, they can exhibit a bunch of behaviors that can absolutely negatively impact our experience, right? Maybe they shut down and withdraw and you just don't know what's going on. They, they don't answer texts. Um, they don't show up for family functions, right? Or maybe on the flip side, you've got someone that's really like aggressive and um, maybe verbally abusive and all the things, right? Just not very nice, kind of nasty with their words. But in either way, you know that maybe this is coming from a place of struggle. It is detrimental to both the person struggling and to you to make them responsible for your experience. And your experience involves your feelings, right? Like, like I said, they are absolutely influencing your, your feelings. But when you make your sadness, your worry, your anger, all about that other person, it does two things. First of all, it takes the focus off of their struggle. So now instead of focusing their energy on working through their struggle, now they've got to deal with the guilt or the repair in the middle of their struggle. They've got to now deal with, okay, I'm like upsetting mom and I'm upsetting dad and I'm upsetting my friend. And, you know, it's like this as somebody who has struggled and my go-to was to kind of withdraw when I knew that my behavior was negatively impacting someone and they really made it about them versus saying to me like, Hey, I see that you're really struggling and I get really confused on how to help you. You know, just let me know. I just want you to know I'm there. But then, it, you know, instead on the flip side is it would become about like, you're making me really mad because you're not answering my text. And I'm like, as the person struggling, it's like, I'm trying my best. Like I'm doing the best I can. So it's not only detrimental to the person that's struggling to put your feelings in their hands, but it's, it's also not going to serve you. You're not going to get what you want because they are literally, they don't have the capacity to access the part of their brain where they can get compassion and logical, reasonable, reasonable thinking and make amends, right? Like that will come, there will be a time and place for that. But in the middle of the struggle, you need to own your experience. You need to own what their experience is doing to you. And when you own it, you need to take responsibility for it. You need to work on healing. Wow, I have a lot of anger over this person. So how could I release that anger? Um, you know, obviously I can't bring it to them right now. They're struggling, but what can I do? Maybe that involves holding boundaries, right? So this is another part of your experience. I coach so many women on this topic. A lot of times women will come to me and it'll be like, their brother-in-law or their friend or their sister-in-law or husband or kid that's struggling and they want to know how to fix it. They want to know how to help and everything they're doing is not working and they're so resentful of this person for not listening to their help, for not getting help, right? And they're just like, they're building up anger and frustration over how the person that's struggling is handling the struggle. And they're really frustrated that the person that's struggling is not honoring their boundaries. Okay. So, and when my client comes to me and talks about like, you know, I've asked them to check in with me because I get really worried. And then the person that's struggling doesn't check in and they're so angry at them and they want to come to me and be like, how, how do I get them to change? And they're so resentful of this person. And I, 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 with a lot of tough love will often say, 
whose responsibility is it to hold the boundaries? Is it the person that's struggling or is it you? And then they're like, oh yeah, right? Like it's me. But a lot of times what we do is we, we take their behavior so personal. We have our own experience. All these feelings come up. We don't know how to handle them. And so we just blame and we just like yell and basically cause more struggle <laughs> for ourselves and for the person going through something. So the best thing you can do is to just kind of detach and say like, honestly, what am I feeling in this moment? What can I, what do I need? What do I need to actually express the emotion? Do I need to shake, move, scream? Like, what do I need to do in a healthy outlet, a healthy way? And then what boundaries can I put in place to really protect my energy so that I'm not going to build resentment toward this person and I can show up with love for them? Um, so yeah, I hope that that makes sense. That's really kind of the first step. And an empowering thought to use here is that my loved one is doing the best they can with the tools they have, right? I really do believe this thought that people are always doing the best they can. Um, and if you listen to last week's episode and it feels right, you can add the word and so you can say, my loved one is doing the best they can with the tools they have. And their tools really suck, right? If that makes you feel better. <laughs> but truly, I mean, just even, even saying that can sometimes like disarm the like, like charge, the negative charge you get when you think of this person, when you can step back and really just go, you know what? They are doing the best that they can with the tools they have, even though their tools from my vantage point really suck. Okay, so number two is to drop the thought that it should be different that the other person should be different. They should be in a different part in their life. They should be reacting differently. They should be doing something different. They should be different. This word should is so freaking toxic. If you haven't heard the line already, I'm just going to put it out there. But everybody, no matter what situation we're talking about or what struggle we're, you know, is in the top of our mind as you're listening to this podcast, stop shoulding all over the place. Like truly stop, stop with the shoulds. Because what it does is it puts you in this position to really resist where the person's at. And you will always lose that game. It is the most painful place to be at resisting your current reality, right? Um, and it blocks you from even just dealing with your current reality. It's like added weight on top of an already hard situation. So once you can learn to really believe that this person is exactly where he or she is supposed to be in this moment, it's beneficial not only for them, right? Because it helps you kind of get out of the way. It helps you even do step number one, not take it personal. But it's so beneficial for you. And I know how hard this is to do, this step, but I also know how freeing it is. It is so unbelievably freeing to really just say, okay, this is part of this person's journey. So like I said, Dropping this thought is, is hard to do, but it's easier when you, right, stop resisting the per, where the person's at, but also stop resisting where you're at. So if you're angry or sad or disappointed, like I said, we're not going to bring this to the other person that's struggling. We're going to instead validate our own emotions. We're going to let it be expressed however it needs to be expressed. Cry, scream, write an F-U letter. If you've never done one of those, don't send it to the person maybe give it to them at some point, but just writing it and like ripping it up is so therapeutic. Um, shake, hit a pillow, scream into a pillow, go out in nature, lay in the grass, walk in the grass, whatever it is, 
do this first because it will help you move into acceptance. And when you move into acceptance, there are no shoulds. It's just what is, right? So when we can really accept that this is the exact journey, then we actually start to believe, we can start to believe, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. We can start to actually believe this empowering thought. So this is the empowering thought for step two or the second, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Are we numbering them? We'll number them. Um, But the empowering thought is that our loved one is on the exact journey they're meant to be on. They're not supposed to learn any of what we want them to see right now. Our job is really just to trust that it's unfolding as it's supposed to, even if the timing looks different or just really what we're seeing looks different. You have to trust that there's more going on. You have to really, really zoom out. Okay. So, all right. So we talked about two things you can do. The third thing you can do, this is a must, you guys, it's taking care of you. I feel like this step is the most obvious, right? Of course, you have to take care of yourself when there's a stressful situation, like a loved one that's struggling. But yet, this is the one that we most often neglect, right? And I see this all the time. I've seen this in my life when I have a loved one struggling and in my client's life. And I've asked a lot of women, like, why why are you afraid to pause and like go for a run or step away from the situation and go get a massage, right? And a lot of times the answer I get is, well, it just seems useless. (laughs) Like it might make me feel better, but it's actually not helping the situation. And what I want to encourage you is that you're not helping the situation either way, right? So a lot of times what our brain is doing is our brain recognizes when someone in our life is, is, is having a hard time, our brain goes, oh my gosh, we don't have control over this. But here's the kicker. You never have control over someone else's experience. It's just that we only notice it when something bad is going on, right? Like just look at COVID. We've never had control over things, over the future, over unknown days. But when COVID happened, that was such a bad thing, such a big struggle for so many people that it just highlighted this, I don't have control. But we've never had control, right? So what our brain does, because our brain likes to be in control, is our brain goes, oh my God, like they're struggling. I can't help them. Um, let me find, let me, let me be helpful. Let me be useful. And so it just doesn't shut off. It continues to, you continue to overthink and ruminate. Maybe you're overthinking on how can I fix this? What can the what can I offer what solutions can I offer to the person so that they can get help? What should they be doing differently? Or maybe you're ruminating like you can't sleep because your mind won't shut off over what they said, what they did, how they didn't show up, how they're messing up. And it just goes, right? Like that tape will never turn off. And I know this because I've experienced that. But I want you to understand that from a physiological standpoint, nothing's wrong with you. It's just your brain is trying to get a sense of control. And so when I talk to my clients about like, this is the perfect time to do self-care, I want you to look at it as you're giving your brain another job. (laughs) You're giving your brain something else to focus on. Because we know that it, by it focusing on the one, the loved one that's struggling, it's not helping anyone. And the empowering thought I like to use in this step is, I'm no good to the people in my life if I have nothing good to give. And you don't have anything to give if you're empty. So fill your cup up with exercise, nutrition, um, a warm bath, a, a lovely conversation with somebody that like lifts you up, church. Um, singing, dancing, yoga, whatever it is for you, but you really, truly cannot help anybody 
when you're running on empty. Okay. So number three is really taking care of you. And again, that self-care can look different depending on who you are or the season that you're in. Um, But not only are you physically going to feel better, emotionally, you're going to feel so much better because your brain is going to not be on overdrive because you've now given it something else to focus on. So the fourth and the final is going to be when you have a loved one that's struggling because the the first three were really all about you and your experience. Um, And I can't leave, I can't leave out the person that's struggling. So I want you, I want to let you know as someone that has struggled, one of the hardest things to do is to know or feel rushed through my journey because I might lose somebody, right? And I want to preface this with saying, sometimes the person struggling does get to lose you or that relationship. That absolutely is a reality, right? So this this last step might is not going to be for everybody. But there are situations where you can say, you know what? I might have to go away. I might have to put up a boundary. I might need to like step back, but my love is not going to go away. And that's what this step is about. This step is just encouraging and letting the person struggling know that, yes, things are going to change in the way that we interact. I'm going to be having boundaries, but my love for you is never going to go away because as the person who has been struggling, that is such a gift, you guys, like such a gift to know, okay. Even as I'm going through this journey, I have somebody that loves me and it's not going away. There's no ultimatum, right? I feel like when someone's hurt us or someone's struggling, we we almost like hoard our love. It's like, I don't want to let them know I love them because then they're going to think that what they're doing is okay. And I guess I'm just trying to encourage you that that's not the case. That's not the case. In fact, you're simply like offering love with boundaries, Right offering, like, I love this line. I can't remember who said it. Relationships are conditional. Love is not. Meaning your relationship can change because the other person might be, you know, not being very honest or making healthy choices. So there's absolutely conditions that you can put around your relationship, but that doesn't mean your love has to go away. That can be unconditional. And sometimes that's the best medicine to get someone started on the journey um, to getting well, right. To getting out of their struggle. So Yeah. So we'll go into boundaries and speaking your truth. And I know I left all of that out. I want you to know that that part is important, but I really feel like these four steps are are really, really going to help your experience when you have someone struggle. And, and let me give you the empowering thought. So my favorite empowering thought for the fourth step, which is, um, it's really simple. It's just, we're all deserving of love, even in our struggles. So let me, let me say the four empowering thoughts again, in case you guys missed it. The um, first step, like I said, is don't take it personal. And the thought I like to use for this is that my loved one is doing the best they can with the tools they have. And sometimes their tools suck. You can, you can add or take away that last part. The second um, thing you can do is drop the shoulds that, that it should be different. And the empowering thought that goes with that one is that my loved one is on the exact journey they are meant to be on. The third step is to really take care of you. And so the thought I like to use is I'm not good if I have nothing good to give. So make sure you're filling up your cup first. And then finally, we have the letting them know that you see their pain and that you're love that you still love them. Letting letting that love flow freely and not feel like just because you have a boundary up that you need to really like hold that love. Because I'll be completely honest. <laughs> well, 
the love in general, it just flows. It comes in and it flows out. And so it's not really ours to like hold withhold. Like even though someone's hurt you, you can still send them love. In fact, that's one of the best ways I found to to really move that person that's hurt me into like a neutral place, place in my life is to really like send them love, send them love over and over and over and over again. And so that thought that I like to use is we are all deserving of love, even in our struggles. These are steps that I would start working with and on um, if you have someone in your life that's currently struggling with the knowledge that someday it might be you, right? Um So thank you so much for listening. I want to remind you, if you liked what you're hearing, um, please send this, share it, um, subscribe, review, rate it. It helps me kind of get that message out. And it also helps me gauge which which episodes are really landing so that I can create more content around that. Um, I also want to invite you guys, if you're listening to this and you are experiencing problems in your relationship because the other person is struggling and you're, you are struggling with how do you take care of yourself? How do you respond to them? How do you hold boundaries? How do you communicate your needs? This is where coaching can be really, really helpful because so often we are too close to the problem. And when we're too close to the problem, it's really, really easy to forget where our power lays. And so, especially when we have somebody that we are really close to that's struggling And then simultaneously, that's causing stress for us and anxiety and all this stuff that comes up for us. It's really, really easy to say they're the culprit. They're the responsible party for our experience. And all that really does is it gives your power away. It gives your power away to to have a different experience, to still feel energized, feel calm, feel love for the other person. Like all of that is possible and it really serves you. And then ultimately will flow into the one that's struggling, right? But sometimes when we're so close to the problem, it's really hard to see that. It's really hard. And I've talked to so many women that just say, if so-and-so would do this, I would feel better. And that's where literally it's it's you giving your power away. So coaching is, yeah, that's kind of the best way I can say to think of coaching. It's a way to get your power back. It's a way to take ownership over your experience Um, and ultimately create the experience that you want. So if that's something you're interested in, I'm taking discovery calls um, for the month of July um, so that we can start in August. So I will drop the link there. Go ahead and set up a call. It's free. It's like 15, 20 minutes. We could talk about your relationship struggles or really anywhere in your life that you're feeling stuck. That's all I have for you guys today. I will hope to see you guys next week. Take care.